Thank you for tuning in to the Springs Church Podcast. Here, you'll find messages that are powerful, inspiring, but most importantly, straight from the Word of God. If you're located near Tacoa, Georgia, or in Tacoa, Georgia, we'd love to see you on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Enjoy today's message, and remember, we love you, Tacoa. So if you have your Bible this morning, turn it to Hebrews. We got the verse, Hebrews 12, verse 1, verse 2, 2. I really feel like this is a message for the church, for us here. I really believe that. Um, um, it's not for everybody. Sometimes God has a word for some people, not for everybody. If you don't feel like it's for you, it's okay. But I really feel it's for me. Amen. It says, it's run, fight, suit up, repeat. 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 He said, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by, by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay, watch that word, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. I really feel God speaking something. And let us return with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and he has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. First Timothy 6 verse 12 says, Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you were made a good confession in the presence of my enemy. Bring Father a little bit low for me, please. Um, let's bow. Father God, we say thank you for your grace. Father, we say thank you, God, for your grace. Thank you for your mercy, Jesus. Lord, we love you. We love you, Jesus. Lord, I'm asking for your presence this morning to be with me. Um, Lord, we bind every distraction. We bind every, every distraction, anything, spirit of unbelief, oh God, that's trying to get hold of us. We break that today, Lord. We break any witchcraft, any, any spell, anything that will try to deter this word, oh God. Lord, I'm asking for the, for the anointing to preach, to deliver this word, oh God. In Jesus' name, we pray. My wife, um, if you don't know, my wife broke a couple records in high school. Until this day, nobody still hasn't broke the record. Um, she played, she's a very sporty person. She loves sport. Uh, in fact, it's a hard thing for me when we're watching football. She goes crazy. I say, this woman is about to lose her mind. Uh, you put her and Falek in a room, it's disaster. <laughs> uh, they take it so seriously. I say, man, you guys are crazy. She played basketball and she was a runner. Also, she run. She ran for her high school, and in fact, she, she, in college, she got a full scholarship to play sport. Uh, one thing she told me, um, my daughter, she's not here today, but my daughter was, she was doing sprint at the school. She signed up for the sport she was running, and my, my wife was coaching her, and, and she was running the race, and my, there was one thing my wife said to her. She said, when you're running, she said, do not turn your head. Keep your head focused. 
do not turn around to look at the competitor because the moment you turn your head and you look around, you lost your momentum. You lost your speed. He said, the people are, are beside you doesn't matter. It's the race, it's the prize that you are running. I love the Bible. The Bible Paul says everything that's written in the scripture is for, is for an example. God used people's life to teach us message, to teach us, to teach us about things that we can take example of their life. This morning, I want to talk about a man that started a race right, but he turned his head. He lost that race at the end of his life. He started right, but he got distracted by the race that God set before him. And that person, that, that man, first person we're going to look today, we're going to look at Noah's life. Noah is a perfect example of somebody who started the race right. Noah believed God. He had faith. Can you imagine? God spoke to him. God said, there's going to be rain. And Noah believed what God said. He believed the word of God. He did not deny it. He believed it, even though it did not make sense. You have to understand in the context Noah was. It's like me telling you, Monday morning, there's going to be a rain of gold. Just get your basket at 2 o'clock. Gold's going to fall out the sky, and all of us are going to be multi-millionaires. You will look at me and say, this guy has lost his mind. It is the same context for Noah because in Noah's time, there were no rain. In fact, the earth, it was like a canopy, like water would come off the ground and wet everything. There were no need for rain. People did not understand what he was saying. Even for Noah, I'm pretty sure when God told him that, he said, God, what is this? Because there, were, there was never rain before. But Noah had faith to believe what God says. Not only Noah had faith, he preached it to other people. He told other people that rain is coming. Rain is coming. He preached. He was a preacher of righteousness. He was crying loud. And, and, and he was telling people rain was coming. He believed that. He believed that. He had faith. He had faith. Not only he told people about the rain, but Noah was crazy enough. He built an ark. He built a big ark, cutting trees for years, building this thing up, and nonstop after nonstop, he's building the ark just based on a word that God has given him. He started the race right. He had faith. He believed. Not only Noah was crazy. That, you got to think about it. That's crazy, building an ark. As big, three times a, 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 a football field. That's huge. He built it. Not only he was crazy, you know, that was, that's, that's, that's insane. Noah believed God going to bring animals. He believed God was going to bring deer and lion, all the stuff. He just believed God going to bring animals. That is, that is insane. But Noah was a man of faith. He believed what God says. He started right. He started in that race of faith, holding on to what God's word says. And, and, and I know for some of you, you started just like Noah, you believe everything God said. When you first got saved, when you start reading God's word, you didn't have no doubt in your heart. If he says it, you stay on your word. He says, this is what God says. I don't care what people said. I'm going to believe what the word of God says. 
Some of you study it with faith. You believe God. You don't have no doubt. It doesn't matter if the world laugh at you and what they say that you crazy. You believe in what the word says. Not only know I believe what he built an ark and he believed God's going to send animals, but Noah stays in the ark. He didn't try to get out. He believed when God said to get, to get inside, he went inside. He believed even there were no rain. God said, you know, go inside now. Something's about to happen. He packed his bag. He went inside the ark. He closed the ark and there's still no rain and it stopped raining. And Noah did not leave the ark until God told him so. It rained. Noah stays in the ark. But the Bible says, he's where Noah turned his face after the rain. After Noah got, after the rain, after the boat stopped, Noah got out the ark. That was the problem. He got out the ark after a great success, after something big God did in his life, after a major victory. Can you imagine news, CNN, Fox News saying Noah has saved humanity? Can you imagine the success, the parade, the thing that he received? Noah is beating his chest. Look at me. I've saved my family. I have reached the pinnacles. I'm the number one. Like, like, those, like I've saved humanity. I've saved animals. Look what I have done. I've reached the pinnacle of success. I've done everything. I pray. I fast. I stand the heart. I obey God. You know, God has, did it. God has done a great miracle in my life. And some of you, a lot of us, God has done great things in your life. You can't deny it. If you look back at your life, you saw what God has done. You can't deny. And not only you can't deny, but people that know you know God did this in your life. It's another thing to be to, to say God did this. But when people look around and say, man, that's only God can, that can do this. And Noah stepped out the boat, and this is what happened. After a great success, after a great victory, he stepped out. And the Bible says, Noah planted a vineyard, and he got drunk. He got drunk. After a great victory and a time of separation, Noah got naked. He let his God down. After a great success, after a great victory, he let his God down. Say, God, understand what I went through. God, understand the miracle God has done. I can't take a time to relax. I can't take it just a bottle. He just won't drink. I can't take it. You know, I can't take, I don't have to stay focused. I don't have to believe and listen to the voice of God. I can't take a moment of rest. I can take a moment or just relax. I don't have to stay alert. I don't have to watch my guard. I don't have to watch things around me. I don't have to watch what I'm putting in my mouth. I, because God knows what I went through. I, I paid a price. I fasted. I spent those time in the, in the ark believing God. Now, after the victory, now I can let my guard, guard down and rest. Take a little pleasure. And the moment he did that, because he looked around, he wasn't focusing on the plan of God. He looked around. And because of what he did, he got naked, he suddenly got cursed because he let his God down. At that one moment, he's gener- we have a whole group of people who was cursed by Noah. Can you imagine? He cursed his own kids, his own children. 
because of one moment when he was saying, I'm going to relax, I'm going to take fun, I don't have to stay alert, I don't have to, to consecrate myself, I don't have to hear God's voice, I can't take that moment of pleasure. And, and that simple moment of pleasure, he ruined the life of his children. Are you getting this this morning? Are you, getting, are you, are you catching this this morning? Just one moment of pleasure because he let his guard down. He took a stop. He took an exit of faith. He said, I'm going to take that exit. Exit. Let me relax. Let me take a break from, from that lifestyle. Let me take a break of seeking God. Let me take a break. Let me just take a one bottle of drink. And because he took that one bottle of drink, I don't know who I'm talking to this morning. And God is saying, you can't relax in your faith. This is a bottle. You can't take rest. You can't take the exit of compromise. You can't take that exit and say, no, I fast. I'll be in the year. I fast 21 days. Now it's time for me to relax. I can't. God, understand. I'm pretty sure that's what Noah was saying. He said, I can take a little break, relax. And because, of the, because, of, because he did that, a whole group of people was cursed because of him. Once he left the ark, he became complacent and fell into sin. He let his God down. The second man we look in the scripture is David. David, I don't know if you know David, but the Bible says David was a he was a fighter. He was a fighter. He fight he fight lions. He fight bears. Dude, dude was popular. He's he was fearless. You know, he defeated Goliath, you know, number one soldier. And not only that, he's defeating Lion and he's dropping bestseller music, number one in Billboard. He's written Psalms 23, and people are singing his song. Everywhere you go, he's, the guys are noted, he's filled with the Holy Ghost. He's, he's good looking, he's blonde like Nathan, you know. <laughs> Nine billion views on Spotify. You know, Noah was popular. No, David was popular. He was a powerful man. He was nobody. He was a shepherd boy doing delivery, bringing cheese to his family. But he had something. He was over, overflowing with God's love. He loved Jesus. He longed to be in God's presence. He was dedicated. He, wrote, he, he said, as the deer paint after God, so my soul. David was emotional. He, 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 the guy was a pursuer of God. He loved God. You know, even though he was in the desert, he was reading love letters to God because he, he, he was desperate for him. He wanted to be close and he's in God's presence. And I know some of you, does, some of you just like David, you had a heart when you got saved. You wanted to be in God's presence. That's all you wanted. You wanted to be in his presence. Oh, when you get out, you say, Jesus, I love you. Worship song was in your mouth. You, everywhere you turn, there, you're driving. You, keep, you remember when you first got saved? You remember when God first got filled with the Holy Spirit, how it was? Everywhere you got up, you got up the bed, say, Jesus, I love you, God, thank you. You're raising up your hand, you worship him in the car. You're going to work, you have the latest hill song, music, worshiping, praising him. Because you, all you want is presence. All you want is is God's presence just like David and when David became king the Bible says he David became king David is a type of believers that think just like when he became king David think he figured it out there's a lot of us today we become satisfied with God's presence we became king God has done great things in our life 
You're no longer a baby Christian. Now you know all the Christian lingo. You know how church function. You know, you know everything. Nobody can teach you anything because you're already full of yourself. You don't, you, you relax. You don't read your Bible. You know everything. You don't, there's no prayer life. You don't have that time of intimacy with God like, I, like you used to because you've been a Christian for a long time. You have reached that level, that pinnacle of faith. Now you got it. You got it. You got it. You got it figured out. You got the faith thing figured out. You got Christianity things figured out. You don't, you, don't, you don't need to believe God for anymore. Now you have so much money. You, you just go to the doctor. You pray. You got everything you need. You, you know, you, you got cash. You just open the fridge. You go eat everywhere. You, you go, you get, you eat your big steak. You don't need God anymore. Everything is satisfied. Your family is happy. Everything is great. God give you peace. You have everything that you need. And you satisfy. You're not, you know, before, before everything was not going well, you used to stay in his presence. Before things was going well for you, you used to see God. Before that demon was tormenting you, you were, you were seeking deliverance. You were saying, man, I need to get rid of this thing. But now you reach that level of pinnacle of faith. You think, I got it. I've arrived. I don't need to seek God like I need to. I got it together. I don't need to pray that much. Spend an hour, 30 minutes praying. You know, why do I need to do all this, man? It's okay. I'm good. And that's what happened to David. He felt like he didn't need to have, he didn't, he felt like he didn't have to pursue God anymore. In fact, church is too intense for him. You know, you know, we got people say we're too intense here. <laughs> you know, we cast, we biting demon before service started. This, those guys are intense. You know, I already people told me that already. They said you guys are intense. You guys don't stop. You guys always on warfare mode. Yeah, we always on warfare mode. I'm always ready to swing. If you know what I go through, you'll understand why. The Bible said he, 2 Samuel 11, verse, verse 1, he says, he says, when, the, when kings goes to war, in the spring when kings goes off to war, David sent Joab. David decided to stay home. And I, I want you to pay attention to this. David decided to stay home. It's impossible for a man like David to stay home when he was such a man of war. Pay attention to what I'm going to say. The reason David stayed home, he did not go to war, is because David was disconnected to the God of war. You just missed that. David did not go to war because David was disconnected to God. And the Bible said, David, stay home. He's flipping the channel. He's flipping the channel. He's flipping the channel. And then he stopped on the Bathsheba channel. NC 17. It was an accident. Because David did go look for that woman. That woman was there. But it was an accident. He saw a naked woman. You may stumble upon something you didn't plan to see. Because that's life. You may walk into a, in, in a situation you did not plan. That's normal. You know, you may turn that channel, you fall into something you didn't plan to watch immediately because you know it's not right. You have the fear of God in your heart. You'll turn the channel. 
David lost the fear of God. That's why he kept the channel on Bathsheba. Bathsheba, when he committed the sin with Bathsheba, it was a symptom. It was, it was not the problem. You just missed this. Him sleeping with Bathsheba was not the problem. David already slept with Bathsheba in his heart. David did not fail when he slept with Bathsheba. That was a symptom. The symptom was David was disconnected with God. He dropped his guard of faith. He dropped his guard. He wasn't watching. He looked around. He wasn't running the race. He looked around. His focus was not on God. David thought that the battle was outside of the palace but the battle was not only outside the palace the battle was inside the palace and what I'm trying to tell you this morning the battle is not only here it's not only us fighting demon witches casting out demon but the battle it's us it's our flesh it's our flesh the will battle sometimes it's us fighting with us and so as we spend so much time, we're not watching. We're spending time, yeah, we, we're fighting warfare, but God's saying, watch your flesh. Watch your flesh. Watch what you're doing. Yes. You can't afford to lose your connection with God, just like David. You can't afford to lose your connectivity with God. And that's what, that's what happened to David. He dropped his guard, and he got, he got hit by the enemy because he, got, he let his guard down. You can't afford to become passive with your walk with God. You can't afford to keep your eyes away from the prize. You can't stop not, you, you can't, you can't stop not fighting the flesh. You think you have arrived just like David. You think he got it together, but the real battle was inside of him. And some of you, God has been dealing with you. You need to deal with your flesh today. Deal with your flesh. And because David took his eyes off, he wasn't paying attention. From that moment when he dropped his guard, this is the consequences that happened to David's life. Uh, that one moment, this is what happened. David, several things happened because he dropped that one moment when he dropped his guard, he committed that sin. His own son raped his own sister. David's own son trying to give him a coup d'etat, trying to take away the government. David lost his respect, sorrow and grief because he lost Absalom, sorrow and grief. Attack him because he kept his eyes, he took, he took his eyes away from the prize. Are you getting this this morning? Because that one moment when you're not paying attention, you just turn, turn your head around, you, you lost momentum in me. That's what he's looking. I know who I'm talking to you this morning. Jesus is telling you this morning, keep your eyes on him. Run the race. Don't look around. You stay connected to his presence. You stay connected to the word. You stay connected to his presence. You don't look around. You stay connected because I'm, let me tell you, is waiting for a moment to attack you. The Bible said after Jesus spent 40 days talking, uh, 40 days in the desert, and Satan came and attacked him, 
and 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 and, and then Jesus beat him with the word, and the scripture said, Satan left waiting for the right time to come back. It's a little verse right there. He said, waiting for, for the right time to come back. That's when Demi never give up. He's waiting for the right time to come back. And that's why you can't let your God down, church. Sweet church, you can't let God down. You can't just pray and fast on the 21 days fast. And then you don't have a fast life. You're not praying. You're not seeking God. It's only when you're here, you're seeking God. It's only here. It's only when you come to church, you have a, you have a life you're devoted to God. But when you're at home, you drop your guard. You're watching everything. There's no, there's no separation. You're not watching. You're not, you're not being careful. You're not controlling your flesh. I know you're not an angel. I love to say that. Yes, you're not an angel. You're not dealing with that issue and him is waiting. And when you don't deal with issues with the sin in your life, it will cost you great. The second thing is, last thing, Solomon, his son. You know, when I read Solomon, it drove me crazy. Solomon, you read, when you read Proverbs and, and Ecclesiastes, you say, man, this guy, he's smart. This guy, I mean, he's a whole nother level. And then you turn to 1 King 11, he said, well, is this the same man I'm reading? Solomon, he started his old ministry with prayer. He started his old, his, old, his old kingdom with prayer. He prayed and fast. He looked for God. And the Bible said he asked for wisdom. That's a great prayer. That's a great prayer. You know, some of you, when you first started, you're asking God. He's like, I don't want nothing. All I want is you. You know, you dedicated, you devoted, you extreme. Everybody's praying for something else. They say, no, I'm not praying for anything else. I'm just praying for the Holy Ghost. You know, that's what was me 10 years ago. You know, everybody's praying, God, bless me. I need help. And I say, man, I, I don't, you, 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 you're weak. You, you, you're not in a higher level. I only pray for the Holy Ghost. That's all I pray for. Because you, I was extreme. You were extreme, you know. And some of us, you know what I'm talking about. I don't need to worry about anything else because I'm, I'm in a higher level. And that's the same thing that happened to Solomon. He was in a higher level. He said, I don't pray for nothing else. I pray for wisdom. And God gave him wisdom. Solomon was extreme. But the same way he was extreme spiritually, he was extreme in the flesh. Solomon reached a level that nobody ever attained. Solomon did not marry one woman. The Bible said he had 800 concubines. How many wives? I forgot how many wives he had. That means Solomon had a wife per day. Two women per day. He said, what's your name? I'm number 52. What's your name? 166. Because if I probably go with numbers, you're number 252. I'm number 10. I haven't seen him for two years. He broke the record of wisdom, but also he broke the record for women. Some of you lately, you've been breaking record. Even non-Christian doesn't break those records. I'm talking to somebody tonight. I know I'm talking to somebody here today. God's saying, you know him. You know him. You experience him. You know him. You knew him. You seek his presence. You know God's presence. This is not something we make up. And lately, if we look into your life, you're breaking every record. Even Christian doesn't do what you're doing. You go to the extreme because you drop your guard down. I know I'm talking to somebody today. I know God is speaking to you. You drop. You are breaking every record in the book. Even non-Christian doesn't do that. You go to the extreme. But remember how you used to pray. You used to dance before God. You used to shout. 
He said, God, that's all I want. That's all I want. It's you now. All you want is, is the flesh, is pleasure. And not because, of that, not because he allowed those women to come into his life, he dropped his guard down again. This is what I'm saying. We can't afford to let your guard down. And because he dropped, he let his guard down, he allowed idolatry to come to the nation. And let me say this. Who you are today will be revealed tomorrow if you don't deal with it. Just because you get older doesn't mean it takes away the problem that you deal with today. Solomon had an issue with women when he asked God for wisdom. He already had that issue before. But he didn't let God work in that part of his life. You should not wait until you get older to address the issues and the temptation that you that you are facing. The things that you're protecting today will come out, will expose you. I've seen many people when they, when they get older, they do stuff, dumb things. I say, man, man, you 50, you run away, away from your marriage, you run away from your wife. Man, you're supposed to re- enjoy your grandkids. Now you're doing this. You ever met anybody that said, man, what were you thinking? You're 55, dude, you're 66, you cheating on your spouse. But as those issue in the heart, he, they never deal with it. Peter, Peter was another Christian, he's another type who, who took his eyes away from God. And now I, I want to say this, Peter is the type of Christian that, that fluctuate with people. He, they're watery, you know, they're into the prayer movement they hear on Sunday. Yeah, man, I'm, we're into, I'm into the prayer thing too. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, they never touch the Bible. It's only a movement here. Peter, one moment he said, Jesus, you're the son of God. And next thing he said, you, you cannot die. Peter is a type of Christian that's so wavery. Oh, man, we're into that deliverance. We're praying too. Man, that's awesome. And then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, never touch the book. Never spend time with God. It's all here. It's all happened on Sunday. Yeah, 21 days fast. They're fasting. They're excited. They're devoted. They're journaling. They're spending time with God. And in the moment the fast ends, they go back to the way they used to be. Oh man, I feel the presence of God. I'm excited. I, I got it. I got it. And it's, it's like that. Up and down. Up and down. I'm going to live life. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray. I'm going to seek God. I'm going to live that life. I'm going to believe in prayer. I'm, I'm going to do this. You know, Paul, you know, Paul, Paul confront Peter in Galatians. He said, you know, because Paul, Peter was like that. You know, the Bible said he was... He saw he was eating with a with, with bunch of Gentile people like us, and he saw a bunch of Jewish people because you remember Peter fluctuates with the environment he is. You know, Sunday, Monday, Sunday, he's a Christian. Oh, I love Jesus. And then Tuesday, they'll cut you, they'll cuss you out. Bleakily, blank, 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 blank. They'll cut you, hateful, nasty. To the people around them, nasty their spouse, nasty their kids, nasty at work. But the only thing revival here, yes, I'm excited. Oh, I'm excited. God is moving. I feel the presence of God. But the moment they left church, they left, there's nobody around them. They took a different shape. That's Peter. And there's a lot of us who are Peter today. Are you getting this this morning? And he dropped his guard. Jesus said, and God said, hey, Peter, Satan's here to destroy your faith. 
because the moment you drop your guard he'll find that moment to, to attack you the moment you drop that shield of faith you drop it down say I can put faith aside the enemy will throw an arrow at you closing let's put Ephesians 6 verse 10 I'm going to show you something and we're going to pray I read this passage so many times some of you read it so many times I need to pay attention to this because you're going to see this thing to a whole other level pay attention you're going to see it you can't drop your guard down I read this thing so many times I've never seen it like that I read it so many times some of the, some, there's a verse that never makes sense to me and this is Paul talking he's closing the book he's talking with the Ephesian church this is what he says he said finally be strong in his mighty power okay he's telling them put on the full armor he said suit up put on the full armor and then as a Christian you go to war it's what you do you read this passage and you put the the suits on that's what you do and you fight basically he's giving you a panorama he's giving he's painting a nice picture so you go in free on put on the armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's scheme false struggle is not against flesh and blood because he's basically right now you're fighting you're in the middle of the war you're fighting you're fighting principality you're fighting stuff but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil, the heavenly realms. Therefore, again, he goes back again and tells you to put the armor again. Okay. Therefore, put on the whole armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, stand. When I was taking English seven once, let's go back to that one. Then when I was taking English, I fell it twice. If you didn't know that, they owe me back at Gainesville called North Georgia. They owe me money. They're trying to make money. They make so one 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 thing they they, they, they teach you. I don't know if we have any English teacher. They they taught you how to switch switch the phrase, you know, the clause. I don't know how they call it. Don't judge me. To to flip the phrase up, you know, you put the clause before. Before the the I forgot it. Okay. Then there you go. So 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 what he's saying here. So if I if I flip the phrase upside down, he will say like this. And after you have done everything to stand, therefore, put on the armor of God. What he's saying, and that's why the it it what he's telling them. It's like an arm, it's like a soldier after a battle. The normal thing for a soldier to do is take his uniform off. But Paul is saying after you finish a battle, you don't take your uniform off. In fact, you guys missed it. In fact, you read. So what God is telling us the real battle just because we want to battle doesn't mean you can just relax when God gives you a victory it's no time for you to say I'm going to stop praying 
when God opened the doors for you, it's not time for you to say, man, we did good. I feel the presence of God. I'm good for the week. And the contrary, when you walk out of here, you say, I'm going to suit up. Suit up, run, let's put the title, let's put the title, we have the title, what was the title? Run, fight, suit up, repeat. It's no time to put your guard down, it's time to suit up. After God gives you a great victory, you don't put your armor down. Get up and you sit up. And this message is for this church. I believe God has placed an anointing over this building. I really believe that. For prayer, for deliverance. We have to admit it. God said you have to admit it. That's the that's the that's the stream. I'm not gonna fight it. If you disagree with it, that's okay. I can't fight what God's called us. We're not gonna change. We're gonna be a church that pray. We're gonna be a church that do warfare. We're going to be a church that casts demon out and believe in healing. Yeah. I can't, we can't change that. That's who we are. It doesn't matter if we have 10, 15 people say, you're intense, that's your father. But me, I'm staying there. Yeah. I'm, I'm, people said, Pastor, you want to change your, I said, no, we stay in the prayer mode. This is the channel we take. We, I don't know, some people, God might give you greater revelation, but the, the, the prayer thing, that's where we stay at. Yeah. We're not changing that. We're not going to other things. If we stay in that lane, we should be okay. We may not have everything. We may not give you everything all the church gives you, but prayer, we're going to stay in that lane. So what I'm saying, it's no time for us to relax. It's time to re-suit up. If you had a, if you, it's time to go back to the closet. What is the, what is the closet? Prayer closet. And say, God, it's time to come back. I need an upgrade. I need an upgrade. I need an upgrade. Come on, let's turn up our outfit today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's no time to take your weapon off. It's no time to relax. It's no time to, to take your eyes away from the prize, church. I don't know, maybe it's not. It's for me, God, because I try to write this thing to myself. For so long, some of you have, have, have relaxed. And that's where you were, where you're at right now. You can feel God's presence. People are worshiping, they're praising God. You drive because you have relaxed. You drop your guard down. And anytime you drop your guard down, there's consequences. Because then he's waiting for the moment you just relax and he throw your arrow. The, the enemy is waiting for, for a moment you stop praying, you stop saying the word, and then boom, he got you with an addiction. Oh yeah, they ask number one thing they ask pastors when they fell. They say, "What happened? How did you fall into adultery?" And then number one reason they said, they said, "I stopped praying after 1,500 questions of pastors who have fell into the ministry. The number one reason they say when they ask them, "How did you get there?" They said, "We I stopped praying. I neglect my prayer life." I neglect my devotion. I'm not an angel. I'm a human being. 
And I said, God, I never want to drop my guard. I will not drop my guard. Come on, raise your hand right now. I feel God is speaking to somebody this morning. Some of you guys, you're going to renew your faith, renew your strength. You're going to seek God. Every eye is closed. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If it's you today, I know God's speaking to somebody. I know he's speaking to the church, the whole church. I know that. You can't have that prayer life here only. It's not only on Sunday you pray here. We, when we do those little prayers, you pray. But there's no prayer life. You're dropping your guard. You're dropping your... I know God is speaking to somebody today. I know he's speaking to somebody. I know. He, he spoke to me. He spoke to me. I know because I said, I didn't want to preach this. But God said, don't drop your guard. Don't drop because that little thing you see at the church, you think you have arrived. You think you got it together. You think you got it together. And that's when him is going to come and attack you. You think you're super spiritual, you have it all together, and you think you can live this life just playing and, and not spending time, not having devotion, not seeking his presence just like David. And you're going to fall into the wrong channel, you're going to spend time and watch it. And you're going to fall into that sin because your heart, you are disconnected. I know I'm talking to somebody today. God said, you can't, you can't, you can't give up. You can't give an inch. You fight too much. You, you made it too far. You, you went too far. You left, you left this lifestyle a long time ago. You left, that demon left you a long time ago. You received that deliverance. Why are you opening up that door again? I don't know what I'm talking to, but I feel it in my spirit. You got delivered from this. Why are you opening up the door to let that enemy come in again? You've been through that hell and high water. You went to hell and God sets you free. And now you're opening a whole door for the enemy to come into your life. What happened with your devotion? What happened? What happened to your prayer life? What happened to you? What happened to you? Why are you so cold in your prayer? Why are you so cold? Why there's no devotion? What happened to you? Where's that heart of love? Where's that heart of love? Where's that love that, that go hard after him? Where's that heart of love? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it today? Where is it? To the church, where is it? Where is it? I mean, I have to check myself too. Where's the passion for prayer? Where's the passion to read his Bible? Where's the passion to stay in prayer and seek God? Where's the passion to say, I will not listen to anything in the pulpit yet. I'm listening to worship song because he gave me this house. I know I'm talking to somebody today. You can't live this life only here on Sunday morning. You gotta take it home. I heard Moisturilo said, God, give me the same anointing that I have in the pulpit when I walk out because I'm finding demons when I'm preaching. He prayed, he said, God, give me the same anointing when I get off the stage, I can fight those demons. Some of you felt the anointing, but you need to walk and feel the same anointing at home. You felt his presence, you feel him. You don't give up, you don't give up. You don't give up. We don't give up. Come on, church, raise your hand. Some of you need to make that decision. Some of you can't. Some of you have to take that, 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 that. I don't know who I'm talking to. I know I'm talking to somebody. Some of you have to take, you have, you have took away that your armor, you put it aside. Now, the same stuff God delivered 10 years ago, you're dealing with the same thing. You're getting depressed. Anxiety is taking over your life. You can't pray, trauma, you, everything that God has set you free. It's like everything came back. And you say, oh God, why, what, what's going on? God said, yeah, you dropped your guard. You went to the same stuff I delivered you from. Where's, where's the desire to worship me? Where's the desire? I know I'm talking to somebody today. Come on, raise your hand, church. Don't play church. Don't play church. Don't play church. Even me as a pastor, I said, man, I got to watch my heart. I don't drop my guard. I don't drop my guard. Because I know the moment I drop my guard, I know, I know, I know, 
I know my wife said, you didn't pray this week. She'll tell me that. I said, you're on edge. You're on edge. Did you spend time? You're on edge. You're quickly to judge people because you're on edge. You're quickly to, to dismiss people because you're on edge because you're disconnected. You can't pray for people because you're disconnected. That's what David, David could not fight the battle. Oh, I feel God is speaking to somebody today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. 